people need you to have a little bit of conviction in what you are the expert in and what you're not the expert in and letting that be enough. And actually, that's a reasonably new concept for most children of the 80s and 90s and, and maybe beyond. I just don't know that many. But the point is we all got taught to be a certain way and to do things like other people rather than actually embrace what really makes us totally unique, which is ultimately the thing that, as you say, builds connection. Hello, writers, and welcome to the Creating Happy Writers podcast. My name is Steph Caswell. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me today. If you are a coach or an entrepreneur or a consultant, you're looking to write a book in your business, you're in the right place because this podcast is for you and it's here to give you all the guidance and support you need on your writing and publishing journey. If you want to know a little bit more or get some more advice and support, head on over to stephcaswell.com. You can find a a free download there which is the five ways to plan a best-selling book in your niche and that is completely free for you and it will help you to start to map out your idea if you want some more advice something a little bit more in depth then head on over to amazon and buy my book dare to write which is all about the journey from initial idea to publication and both of those things are available to you right now now I'm excited about today's episode uh, because it's with a rather incredible author and another guest who is close to my business heart. And that's the rather marvellous Sarah Dalrymple. Sarah is a sales and business mentor and strategist for small business owners who need more sales, more consistency and more ease. I think we can all agree that is something very appealing. Her 20 years of sales experience and simple actionable advice have helped hundreds of business owners transform the way they feel about selling and achieve sustainable sales through confident, sleaze-free promotion. Her book, more sales please promote your small business online make consistent sales and grow without the grind is for you if you've ever told yourself you're not a natural salesperson you've procrastinated on promoting your business because it feels awkward or you've launched something new but you're only been met with crickets shouty selling is out and sharing authentically is in So in the book, you can discover the step-by-step process to getting noticed by the exact people you want to work with without having to become a pushy salesperson, spend hours a day promoting a business or grow a huge following. The book is fantastic and I can't wait for you to get your hands on a copy. Uh, During this conversation, Sarah and I discuss the power of authenticity in writing and in business. And yes, yes, I know Authenticity is now a very overused word, but Sarah and I chat about the importance of showing up online as your true self so that readers and clients feel connected to you, which is so important from a sales perspective, but also from an authority point of view too. It's about being an author that people feel emotionally connected to and we we really dive into what does that actually mean for your business, but also for your for your book and your writing. We also chat about who exactly Sarah wrote her book for, and we touch on the common challenges they face as business owners, particularly how a lot of the women she works with don't come from a sales and marketing background and therefore feel lost with how to get their business to be sustainable and successful. 
We also talk about Sarah's own writing journey from winning a book deal off the back of a book proposal challenge to actually sitting down to write the blooming thing. She also shares what she wished she'd known before she started and how important getting support is when writing your book. And finally, a little bit of an odd one, but a very interesting one that we talk about a bit closer to the end of the conversation, which is what we can all learn from Beyonce and Arnold Schwarzenegger about book promotion and sales. And it's not what you might think. This conversation is full of inspiration as well as practical advice to consider when doing any kind of sales in your business, as well as book sales, obs. Sarah is one of the nicest, most supportive people I've ever met in the business world. I was lucky to help her with a small part of her writing journey, but I'm also a business owner who's benefited from her sales expertise over the last 18 months. She's just as warm and friendly as she sounds in this conversation, and I urge you to go and buy her book, More Sales Please, which is available right now now. It's brilliant and it will make a huge difference to your business this year. So go, go, go. But let's dive into the conversation before you do that. Sarah Dalrymple, what a joy to have you on my podcast. I am so thrilled you're here. I'm honestly so excited. This is a very fun way to spend the afternoon. So yeah, happy to be here and watch out like a letter. Well, and to be fair, the caveat is that it's like the the what hottest day of the year, and we've decided to do this. And I'm <laughs> wearing these fancy headphones, which are causing my ears to be about 100 degrees. So, well, I've just washed my hair and straightened it. So, if you can imagine doing that in 30 degrees, I think we can be even. We're all good. I just want to first and foremost say I'm very excited for you because obviously you have um, your book coming out January the 9th. Tell me about your book. I mean, obviously. I've introduced people know a little bit about you now, but tell me a bit more about your book. So the book, which is called More Sales Please, is very much an instruction manual for any business owner who is looking to increase or regulate or achieve consistent sales because there are a lot of business owners out there who are a tiny bit either scared of selling or have tried certain ways of selling and haven't yet found their rhythm. So I have written a book which is a 10-part process to helping you achieve natural, effortless, everyday sales. And I mean, I've been very lucky and I'll say off the bat that I, um, you know, I have read the book. I, I know how amazing it is, but also I've done your programs. Uh, I've worked with you. So this is kind of coming off the me as a fan in terms of, you know, uh, a reader but also me as a fan uh, having worked with you. So I know what your vibe is. And I, what I loved about the book um, is that your energy and your vibe totally come through the pages. Um, and it was just so, it was great to read because there's a personality in there, which I think is absolutely essential for any good book. I think it needs to have a tone of voice that stands out, speaks to people. How, um, how much... Did you find that easy to do or did you find it, did you feel like you had to sound a certain way? Were you trying to sort of not sound too much like yourself or were you totally just like, this is me and, and embrace me? Yeah, I mean, it's the latter. I did. I, I will be honest. I didn't 
I didn't try and write like anybody else, just me. And that wasn't necessarily a strategic thing. That was just whether we're face-to-face or whether we're on a podcast or whether you're one of my clients or whether you're a reader or whether we're having a lovely lunch. It's the same version. There is only one version. I don't really, yeah, I think maybe you need to be operating on a higher echelon to have like different versions for different people. But I'm just, yeah, there's only one. There's only one version and that's what's in the book. So I am pleased that you got that out across, but also not surprised because I would have been quite horrified if you'd said, oh, so this seems like a whole new you. I think that would have been totally not the not the intention. I think I say that to people though quite often when I'm talking to them about tone of voice. And I think sometimes when people write books, they feel like they have to sound a certain way. They have to sound more professional or they have to sound more, um, you know, intelligent. And I'll put that in inverted commas. Then perhaps, you know, that kind of feeling of authority. And I think if you're going to use the book to leverage your business, to grow your business, if you come across as somebody in the book who's who's one way and then when somebody works with you one-to-one or in a group and you're completely different it's like a total shock to their system because they're just like oh hang on a minute you sounded like this and now um, I'm working with you you're, you're totally not, not like that and I'm a sweary Mary anyway and I feel like that's why I swear in my books because actually if people work with me then they may find that I you know I'm not I'm not I've got a potty mouth but I like you know I, I will I will drop a little expletive here or there. And I think that has to shine through whatever in, in brand voice and beyond. And I, I'm pleased that, yeah, I totally, as I read, I could hear you speaking, which I... Oh, good. Which is a I good mean, thing. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine if I was like trying to be all one way and then you kind of came over to my Instagram or something and was like, hang on a minute, this isn't the same person. And actually, this is so important. It's such a good point that you raise about people... You know, if we think about why we do these things, whether it is writing a book or being visible online or anything like that, it's got to be the real you, no matter what you're doing, because it's how you're building connection. And if you're building connection with a sort of different version of you than the one that people are going to get later on down the line, that's not going to make for a happy, lovely time. No, absolutely not. And I think you're all about, you know, when when I've worked with you, you talk about being uh, the energy or energy has to match you know, what you're trying to do, achieve with your business because people come and are attracted to the energy that anybody obviously gives off in business even more so. And, you know, I often think about, that we, we talked about, you know, good and bad selling experiences and what makes a good selling experience for somebody. And I think that even, no matter what the product, and if you think about a book in terms of a business or an asset to your business, it, it has to um, align with that and it has to be, true for the person even even if it's a bit like bawling if someone's not quite the same as they sound in real life as in their book but actually just as a customer to not have that experience uh, you'll feel as though you know it's it's you haven't been dealt a fair hand I guess yeah or if you see like the same person giving a different version of themselves to some other client like that's also extremely weird and if you actually think about what that really is people feeling like they've got to be a certain way or present in a certain fashion or show up in a with a certain I don't know outfit on or I don't know it really comes down to a lack of I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or a lack of willingness to show up as who they really are and actually that is a bigger conversation than just a 
you know, this is who, this is me in my book or this is me online. It's much more about what, which part of you is not comfortable showing up as yourself and what are you making that mean in, in terms of how your business gets to grow? Because to be honest, the easiest thing you can do to grow your business is to be confident being yourself so that people can. I mean, if you think about it, even when like in your, nothing to do with work, if you think about how you make friends at school, the first year, just as we're having this conversation, it's a, you know, new term has just started at school and people, lots of kids go to school and they haven't yet arrived at that age where they start trying to behave in a certain way. And the best, you know, the, that's the best, isn't it? Everyone's got memories from when you're young of like, just being yourself and pe- you know people naturally gravitate to people who are being themselves they're comfortable being themselves and somewhere along the line for lots of different reasons we get le- all these layers all these things laid on us around what we should be doing and what is appropriate and actually to be honest it just makes the whole thing really hard and complicated and we're very much here for simplifying everything back down into how can we get where we want to go in the simplest possible way without all the drama without all the like extra noise in our heads and really what's more simple than just being yourself indeed yes and i but i wonder and i know we're deviating off the point a little bit but i i I sometimes wonder whether we get to an age i don't know whether i know you and i are similar age um whether you get to a certain point where you're like i don't really give a shit what so much about what people think and how i how i sound or you give a shit about the stuff that's important in terms of coming across and, and I hate because authenticity has just been absolutely trash now everyone says it and you just feel like thinking if I hear that word again I'm going to scream but you know take away the fact that it's been overused at the crux of it that's what it is it's about not trying to show up not trying to write your books or show up in your business as something other than yourself because I think people see through it people are like well you just it's just something that's missing and I think it's that connection because obviously feeling connected to someone and you know as you've taught me and as you know and I I always have to remind myself people buy from people that they feel connected to that obviously there's that no like and trust factor that comes into any any kind of purchasing decision but it's a, it's if you feel like that person's showing you their full selves you're more inclined to want to do business with them you're more inclined to want to interact with them and that comes down to again in your book being your true self and I sometimes work with authors and I'll say to them, you know, if, if you don't know something particularly well in this particular arena, you've got to say it in the book. Just be brutally honest with people and say, you know, I talk about self-publishing and there are some aspects of self-publishing. I'm still like, mm, I don't know, like audiobooks. I know a bit about it, but I don't know. Everything. And I think sometimes just being like that and saying, listen, there's so many great places and site I can signpost you to to find out more about this. I'm not the expert in audiobooks. I'm the expert in like structure, for example. But I think as long as you're honest with people, they appreciate that. Yeah, that's back to confidence, isn't it, again? It's back to being able to back yourself enough to be like, this is enough. Like, what I know is enough for what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be, like, you're not trying to be the expert in absolutely everything, every little nook and cranny, including audiobooks. But people, like you say, people need you to have a little bit of conviction in what you are the expert in and what you're not the expert in and letting that be enough. And actually... That's a reasonably new concept for most children of the 80s and 90s and, and maybe beyond. I just don't know that many. But the point is we all got taught to be a certain way and to do things like other people rather than actually embrace what really makes us totally unique, which is ultimately the thing 
that, as you say, builds connection. Because if we get to share more experience with, you know, everybody has shared experiences. We all have them. Connection exists. It's our job to just unearth it or provide opportunities for that to be unearthed easily. So it's never about forging something that isn't real. It's just about being okay with sharing what you want to share and letting that be enough and letting the people that then gravitate towards that be the people that come into your world. Indeed. And I'm I'm thinking now back to your book and I'd love to know from you when you were when you were writing it who were you writing it for? When I originally had the idea for the book, I really had to arm whether it was going to be a beginner's guide to sales or whether it was more of a guide to incorporate anybody who is struggling with that kind of ease element of sales. It's so important to me that if you have a business, you are finding your ease with the way that you talk about what it is that you're selling, the way that you market yourself, where you promote yourself, and that there is that ease and that effortlessness there. Because I do feel like until, until you can feel as automatic about promoting whatever it is that you're selling as you would getting up in the morning and cleaning your teeth, then you know you're, there's, a, there's a block there. So we need to try and get to that point as soon as possible. So the, the, the reader that I have in mind for this book is somebody who would like to feel more ease around the way that they promote their products. Whether that is, I'm thinking about starting a business, I have a business, it's new, or I've been in business a while and I'm still not quite feeling as vibey as I'd like to with the promotional piece. Because we all know creating wonderful products and services and things is in without making too much of a generalization more often than not is feels more comfortable to do than the talking about why we created it who it's for all that stuff so i'm here for that side of things to make sure that is something that everybody feels totally confident in their ability to do and understands that it doesn't have to take all day like we're not trying to be influencers here we're not trying to be like the person who has to build a huge great following Making money in your business is something that can absolutely and should be happening from day one, but it isn't going to happen if you haven't got, you know, a strong handle on how you're actually promoting, marketing and selling. And do you feel that you find a commonality between your clients or, you know, your, you know, your, who will be your readers? Is there a commonality between them that you find that comes up time and time again around what they're struggling with? Yeah, there probably are a few commonalities. I think it, without, yeah, I mean, most of my clients are women, not all of them. Most of them are women. And as a virtue of, I'm 42, I attract lots of women who are like 30s, 40s kind of age. And just by virtue of the fact that the way that we were taught to do things, like I said, in the 80s and 90s, there is often like a commonality around how, what we're making it mean to show up and talk about ourselves, our businesses, our things on the internet, not only because we didn't really have the internet when we were growing up. So not only is it a reasonably, you know, it's such a, it's been such a fast uh, developing area to say the least. We didn't really grow up as I would hope and imagine children have grown up now to be like confident in using our voices and showing up and being comfortable in that limelight so the main commonality i have is around like people just over creating and sort of almost hoping and wishing and crossing their fingers that if it's good enough and I could just get this right or if i could just get the sales page right or just get the website pretty then it will sell when actually what it boils down to is 
we haven't really been taught, unless you happen to have come from a sales and marketing background, which some people do, and that's great. We haven't really been taught to normalize. It isn't something that most of us grew up seeing loads of other women doing, right? Like we didn't really see loads of other women making like loads of money on their own terms or having their own businesses or even showing up with their loud voices. It was very much a different time. And do you think it's something that's become or or has been thought of as complicated? Like, is it become overcomplicated? And, and is it, because I guess what I feel like you talk about so much is stripping back that and getting back to kind of the those essentials that you need rather than, because I, I didn't come from a sales background, I come from a teaching background. So I've got no uh, idea about sales and marketing. I've had to learn as I've gone along and it's been a journey to understand it and I'm still learning all the time. But I think I... From, from coming with no concept of that sort of idea, and I know your background's in the corporate sector, so I know you, you know you're, that that is something that you're very experienced in in terms of sales and marketing. Um, do you feel like a lot of people come into it thinking they have to have like so much stuff in place before they can start selling, um, or or that it, they they're almost too terrified to start because it seems too complicated? Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of and back to this because it's been an industry that's grown so rapidly so quickly even social media if you think about the last 10 years how much it has changed in terms of what you can do with it all the different options all the different things what comes with that kind of rapid rate of growth in the small business community in the sort of social media community all of this stuff sort of piled into one all of a sudden there's 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 all these pieces of software for how you can design things and oh now you've got to be a video editing expert and oh now there's TikTok in play and it can all feel like and until you have mastered all of these things best to just do nothing or until you've grown a huge great big audience no point even getting started but it's exactly as you say that because there has just been so much growth there's all this noise around every you need everything you need this and you need the emails and you need all these sequences and you need x y and z well actually if you just remember that literally 10 years ago people were just putting websites on like creating a website and doing a blog or two and that was more than plenty the rest is just noise yes they're all fantastic tools that we can absolutely leverage and should do at the right time but no point going chasing down all of those rabbit holes until you have the foundations of what is actually required in order to let people know that you exist and be, help them to make a really easy buying decision, which is really all it comes down to. It's like, are we overcomplicating this to the point that people don't even know what you do? Are you amassing followers here, there and everywhere that love the fact that you share what you eat for breakfast or where you go for your walks, but they haven't got the foggiest idea how you can help them in terms of a business capacity? I suspect that that is happening an awful lot of the time when actually you could really streamline and should, in my opinion, hence I've written a whole book about it, just get really clear on your few non-negotiable actions that, that are all you really need to build a really profitable, sustainable business. And then if you want to spend all afternoon fanning around on this design website or layouts or fonts, absolutely great, but it's not going to make you money if you're not doing the basics first. So we start yeah. with the basics, nice and simple, get really comfortable there and build from there. Mm. Yeah. And, I, and, and that's the main thing that I think in the last few months that I've taken away from my working with you to reading the book is that is that it's got to be the first thing you do. It can't be sort of like an odd occasional thing. You might happen to mention what you actually do for a job and what your business is all about. 
no way. I mean, if you think about that, I mean, it's it's crazy, right? It's like when I don't think I've ever met a client or anyone that comes into my world, and it, every time I ask, like, when was the last time you? And this isn't like a stick to beat people with either, but this is part of the game of like being in business. Like, we are not influencers. We're not trying to be influencers. We're trying to be effective communicators about and own our expertise and help people understand how it can help them. And if we're not doing that, we can't move on. Like we must stay there until that is a really comfortable, happy situation that takes minutes, not hours is the important thing here. Like we do this in the first hour of our day. Whatever happens after that, we're still good because we've done the important stuff. In terms of that reader's journey, you know, we talked about where are they when they when they're reaching for your book and yeah, what are they looking for? So kind of when they finish it and they close the last page, what do you hope that they will do sort of in the immediacy uh, rather than things that they think, oh, I'll, I'd love to do that. I'll, I'll put that in my longer term business plan or I'll do that in Q3. What are they, what do you want them to be doing as an immediate thing that's something that they can just quite quickly implement? Literally, as I've written the book, as people are reading the book, there are every chapter has got things to implement as you go through. So that by the time you finish and you get to the end of it, you have the exact, like, well, the whole book is structured around what your non-negotiable activities are and how to make them easy. So as you progress through the chapters, you're going to understand what to do. Like if if it's a confidence issue, what to do to sort your confidence issue out. If it's uh, I don't know what to post issue, I don't know what to write about issue, there are 30 days worth of prompts in the in the book so that you can be implementing on whatever given day you open up the book on whatever given page, you're going to have something that you can implement. So you know, one of the main messages really here is that there is no need to wait and there's no reason to wait because this is all about doing it in minutes a day, which we all can find, whether it's five minutes, whether it's 30 minutes, whether it's an hour, we don't, the, the the task number one is to get into a rhythm where this is something that you're able to do, no matter if you're having the busiest day ever, we've made it as simple and as broken down as possible. Here's a prompt, talk about this. It could take you 10 seconds. And then if that's all you've got time for today, perfect, that's fine. Yeah. And that's what I think people want from nonfiction. I was talking to a group of marketing people the other day about writing a book. And I said, what people want from business books and non-fiction books is they want actionable things. They don't just want someone's observation about a particular topic. They want to feel like they're coming away with things that they can put into place that are going to make a difference. And, and uh, you know, all the good books that I can think of, and I'm sure, you know, you feel the same, are books that you came away from reading thinking, even if it's one thing that you know that you can implement easily in your life and it's going to make a big difference. And I think that's, they're the books that people remember. They're the books that people recommend to other people in their niches or, you know, amongst their friends and peers. It's those books where you come away feeling like, actually, this is now something I can see myself doing and I'm actually doing rather than thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It just takes out so much of that guesswork. I mean, I felt exactly the same when I was reading your book, Dare to Write, when I was writing my book. It's a bit meta, but you know what I mean. Because what's so great about the way you've laid it out is like, this is what you need to do for the intro. So I was like, perfect, that's what I'm going to do. Whereas without the book, it was a bit of a gray area. And I, as you know, because we had conversations about it, I was like, what, what needs to get? There must be, I'm sure there's a structure needed here. And I found it in your book. And that's exactly the point. It's we don't really want to be picking up books full of stuff that we might do if we have time one day it's, it's very much a 
a guide, a manual, a sort of step-by-step process that you can follow easily. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to, we are going to dive now into your writing journey and your experience of being a writer, because I think that's the other part of it. It's all well and good now that, you know, the book's you know, pre-orders are there. It's, it's pretty much over the finish line and publication is such an exciting time. But obviously there's all the work that comes before that. There's all the emotional uh, toll that it takes. I think, I, I, I honestly believe a lot of people underestimate the emotional journey they'll go through when writing. Even if their writing journey is fairly straightforward, there are times when it, it does really test you. Can you talk a bit about, you know, how you found the writing experience? Yes. I will happily do so. <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this podcast and thinking, I would like to write a book. I mean, maybe I'll share a bit of backstory here because it's probably useful. I have had a little kind of glimmer, maybe, in the back of my mind for ages, but it has only been a glimmer about maybe one day I'll write a book. Mainly because when I first sort of came into business and looked at some of the other sales books out there, I was, I was, I mean, it's all very much catering to a white male, you know, middle class background and very corporate actually. So not necessarily something that's been specifically written for small business. So there was a glimmer there and I entered a book proposal challenge uh, to write the proposal. And that was very much when the glimmer became a bit more than a glimmer. So I'm not going to sit here and say, I had it in my mind that I was going to write a book. And I was ready for the book and I had the structure all mapped out. That is not, that was not my story. My story was, yeah, this could be quite fun. A few of my clients had said, oh my goodness, you should really write a book. And they had done this challenge. So I did this challenge and I, and uh, the challenge basically was a 10 day course to put together a really clear proposal to help you understand if you were going to write a book, flesh out a bit, what it might look like and a really fun experience, which I absolutely love. And at the end of the challenge, the publisher picks picks her favourite and gives them a book deal. And that's what happened. I won the book deal and nobody was more surprised than me. I'm being completely honest here. And that really started off a, a, a journey that I wasn't necessarily expecting to go on at the exact moment that I went on it. But I'll be honest, I'm very happy with it. I love a bit of spontaneity a bit of spontaneity me so it's actually right up my street and it's perfect the way it happened because I hadn't overthought it however once getting into okay now I'm actually writing a real book rather than having fun thinking about what I propose would go in the book this is a whole different ball game and one that I know absolutely well I know something about it now but when I started this process I had I was blinder than blind to what was going to be what the journey that you described was going to look like. And that for me was a huge uh, moment, emotional. You know, the pro- so to put this into sort of t- a timeline, I I did the book proposal in September. The, the I got the book done at the end of September, beginning of October. And I don't, I think I started writing the book in January. That's what happened because I thought that at that point I realised, oh right, oh, oh right, I'm off to the races. I'm supposed to just be writing a book. I think before that I thought that I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. But anyway, January came and I was like, right, I'll try this book, and off I went. I had some false starts around just trying to sort of you know open up the laptop and revisit my notes and start writing and see what happened. I mean, I could keep this relatively brief and just say you need to have a structure you need to have 
as much support as you can get your hands on around how to create that structure. And the earlier you can do that, the better it will be. (laughs) That's what I would sort of observe at this moment, you know, as it's reasonably fresh in my mind. I think this could have been a much more efficient process than it was for me, but I'm really happy with the result. And I'm really grateful to know people like you and Erin uh, Chamberlain, who both helped me absolutely enormously to reassure myself that I did have a structure and that the structure was sound. And, you know, these are things that you can't just be whimsical about um, at all. No. And did the structure come from your experience of working with people? Was there a structure that you were sort of using, be it in a mastermind or be it in you know, in the, in one of your group programs or individually with people? Is there something that you knew sort of roughly the process that people would need to go through? Yeah, I think so. I think there was a, there was definitely a, a, I knew, I knew that I wanted the book to be really actionable, really implementable and really kind of something that you can pick up and put down whenever you need a shush of sort of sales, motivation, energy, easy, quick wins. I don't, I think for me, the enormity sort of landed around, I, I just don't know how to structure a chapter, for example. I've never written, I'm, I've, yes, I've done online courses and I've been teaching people and I've been mentoring people for years, but actually structuring a chapter of a book and putting those chapters together into a lovely timeline, you know, I'm, I'm a real stickler for high standards, I guess. So I really was aware of my newness in this process and so... Uh, it was more, it was less about I didn't know what I wanted to say. It was more about that is this does this how do we get a chapter you know into a nice structure that's easy to read? Because I'm not going to be you know on the other side of Zoom reading this out as I would you know with my clients. This is not an interactive experience per se. So I need to make sure this reads well. So I think I became like really aware that it's very difficult to be writing your first book and also keeping tabs on whether the reader is getting the best experience possible which is you know something else I'm obsessed with Mm, yeah I think you're right you can have all the knowledge and the expertise and the experience of supporting people but you know the chapter itself and how to structure a chapter is is hard and I think people feel like they should somehow know how to do it because they've read books before and of course it's reading a book is one thing, but you're not reading it as a writer, you're reading it as a reader. So you're not looking at how, how the writer structured it. And so when it then comes to structuring your own, you're sort of a bit like, oh, uh, hang on a minute, how, how do I do this? And then you somehow feel like you have to berate yourself that you don't know what you're doing. Um, and of course, it's just, it's just not true. And every first time writer has been there, every first time writer has had that process of learning what structure is and and that's why I'm always such a an advocate for having an overview and a plan before you start because it takes away that overwhelm okay it's still hard you know it's still a process which takes a lot from you but if you're sitting down to write and you are somebody who you know is maybe thinking I've only got 10 minutes today you look at your overview and you're like you know I'm just gonna do that one section there of that chapter because that's all the time I've got to do but I'm going to do it because it's already there. I know exactly what I need to write. I just need to bash it out. Yeah. And and, and, and that certainly helps. Uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, that, w- that would have saved me, I think, months, to be completely honest. Like, that's that's not how I started mine. And I, it, it re- I can't overstate how, 
yeah, how much of a difference that would have made and actually how much you can then break it down into much more manageable chunks rather than thinking about the whole thing and thinking, but how does this bit fit in with this bit? So yeah, the structure is just an absolute non-negotiable. That's that. Yeah. And do do you um, find that with your with your knowledge of sales and your knowledge of promoting what you do, how do you think that's going to support you as it comes to selling and promoting the book? Um, I suppose that, I mean, I will, will have to let you know, um, but I suppose I've heard a few people say, oh, writing the book's the easy bit. Then you've got to, then you've got to get out there and talk about it. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I can do that bit. That bit's perfectly okay. So I think I'm not going to experience the same abject terror that I have already experienced in the last few months, I think. I am much more in my comfort zone on this end now that we're coming into. Um, and I like, you know, I hope that this means that this part will be easier for me than the writing part was. That's not to say I don't really enjoy writing. And I have, you know, I have had a really, I have enjoyed the experience of writing the book. But I think I just know a lot more about, you know, this is comfortable. Whereas putting everything I wanted to put into a book for the first time was less comfortable. Um, so yeah, I think it will be a case of just approaching it like I would approach any other thing that I'm promoting, which, you know, I and anybody else who reads this book will know is very much about, are we talking about it? Are we being clear about why somebody might benefit from this? Um, and if not, that's on me. So how interesting to write a book about sales and promotion and marketing and then go out and sell and promote and market it. So no pressure to me, but I'm feeling all right about it. I think, yeah, you're right. What a lot of people think is that when they hit publish, it's like, oh, that's it. You know, it's going to sell itself. Um, and it, it, it just, that's just not the case. And, you know, I, I remember speaking to Lucy Werner um, on Instagram Live once we were talking about Hype Yourself. And she said that, you know, as soon as she stops talking about her books, they stop selling. So it's... I mean, of course. I mean, th yeah. this, is, this is actually the point, isn't it? Any business owner... Whatever you're selling, whether it's a book or a course or a lovely candle that you've made or a cake, if you're not talking about it, and this is kind of to my point that I was making earlier about we all feel comfortable creating things and a lot of people feel less comfortable then getting out and talking about those things. But guess what? It all happens, you know, it's a lot easier to grow your business faster and it's it's in fact an inevitability that you will grow your business if you can make sure you've got some sales skills accompanying your talents and your creative, you know, outlet. So yeah, for me, this is very much just an everyday occurrence that I'm talking about what I'm doing, not for a pushy place, obviously, but very much from a awareness. I'm here to like help people's decision-making process, the right one for them, easy for them. So I can't be hiding what I'm doing. Otherwise, that's not going to be very easy for people. Mm. I think that's really important for listeners who are who are either in the middle of writing books or, you know, have launched their books and maybe sales haven't gone as well as they hoped they would after the initial surge, maybe, of interest and excitement around it. And I think, you, you know, you've hit the nail on the head. We know around you have to, you know, you have to keep promoting it all the time for the life of the book. You know, it's it's very rare to be, you know, you could be the James Clears of the world with your atomic habits that, you know, after 10 million copies, I think he's pretty much, you know, he's pretty much all right, I think, um, in terms of people just knowing about it through word of mouth. But I was listening to him talk about his book the other day on another podcast, and he was saying, you know, that 
he had to do so much of it was word of mouth to start with. He did so many podcast episodes. He did so many interviews. He did so many articles. And he said it was just repetitive. Repet- you know, he said he applied like a hundred podcasts to be on, um, you know, him and his assistant were trying to look for what's relevant. And he said, you know, we ended up doing 75 and he said it just, it had to, it started like the snowball effect. And, and he just said he, he had to just keep going and keep going, and keep going. And then obviously he's an outlier in terms of book sales, but it just goes to show that even people who we see as, you know, successful in book sales had to do the graft and had to do the, the constant talking about it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't want anyone to listen to this and think, oh my God, like I'm going to write a book and then I'm just going to have to get out there and talk about it like for, for the rest of my life. Like this is the, the whole point of this is like, we are writing books on things that we are really passionate about that is our you know body of work that we feel really great about and what one of the key messages of more sales pieces is actually like we want to be talking about this for minutes each day so we're not talking about your life's work is now to just be talking about your book or your thing forever that's it we're talking about fitting in like 15 30 minutes a day of some form of activity that's going to increase visibility and have that be no big deal so we're not talking about like fully devoting ourselves to full-time sales rep for the book it's more like are we just making sure that this small repeatable action is part of our daily activity so that it can compound so that over the you know over the weeks and months you end up with a much bigger result than any one social media post can ever get you or any one email shout out can ever get you and actually, isn't that the whole point of being in business or writing a book is actually to be comfortable knowing what your body of work is there to do so much so that you're okay to talk about it with people. And that will obviously look different for everybody. But even outside the book community, like I say, I mean, if you think about, in fact, I put this in the book as well, like if you think about Beyonce, who is absolutely on fire on her Renaissance tour right now. The way it might be, she's obviously a great, you know, she's a great voice. She's a great talent. We loved her, even in Destiny's Child. This is all true. However, if she was like, I don't know, a 12-year-old girl with a great voice and like she had just been sat in her bedroom singing into her hairbrush, into a mirror, like having the great voice is not enough to turn into Beyonce of 2023 getting paid $24 million to do one gig in Dubai the other month. This had to come with a whole load of promotion and getting out there and doing the circuit or whatever pop stars in the like noughties had to do and all that stuff like it culminates into look at her now getting paid 24 million quid for one hour <laughs> likewise Arnold Schwarzenegger I was yeah. watching this documentary oh yeah, yeah I've seen I mean, it yeah. Yeah. when yeah. he was talking about Terminator 2 I yeah. hadn't quite appreciated I mean I guess I should remember this I knew he was quite a big actor but I hadn't quite appreciated that he was the biggest actor of you know, of the time in whenever it was, the 80s, Terminator had been a success. Then they came back into Terminator 2 and he, the director, like, asked Arnie to, like, G up all the other actors before they started shooting to be like, we've got to make this a great success. How are we going to do it, Arnie? And he was, his piece of advice, his nugget was, half the job is shooting the film and the other half of the job is promoting the film. Even Arnie, the biggest movie star of the 80s, was still saying like we got all these actors come in and think all they have to do is shut show up and shoot the scenes uh-uh you've got to get out there and do the interviews with like the people on this morning and all over the world and this is all part of it so 
nobody gets to skip the basics, right? It doesn't matter how successful and who we're sort of idolizing or looking at and going, well, it's all right for them, James Clear, Beyonce, whatever. They've all done their time and they're still doing their time, to be honest. And we have to be the same. So, you know, it really is a case of we're not going to make this a massively big deal. We're just going to spend a few minutes a day on it and call it, you know, just weave that into our routine. I'd quite like to see you at your book launch arrive on a silver horse with a sequin tap. <laughs> so if you could somehow facilitate that. Do you know what? How did you, can you see inside my brain? <laughs> I mean, you know, we don't, we're not in the business of replicating, but you know, maybe a Shetland pony or something might work. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be January. So seasonal, seasonal fun. Let's see what happens. No, I mean, that, that you're so right. You're so right. It doesn't matter who you are. You you know, that work still has to happen. I, I think this, it's like Tom Cruise as well that still insists he goes to every oh gosh, premiere. Oh, that's right. And, he spends you know, hours, you know, yeah, he knows talking the to value fans. of the connection, yeah. the people, you know, making their memory for them. You know, we any industry, any industry, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to blend, like, human connection relation you know human relationships being able to form with our skill set because you know nobody writing any book is just is it's just that's not your whole identity right you are more than your skill set your thing that you're writing the book about there's so much more to you than what you've learned how to do or what you can master yes it is really important that people know what that is but what else you got? Have you got a silver pony, for example? Have you got the lovely, you know, I haven't, she's done that whole amazing documentary, the tenacity, the way she kind of works and grafts. You don't have to do that, but what have you got? Let's share a bit more outside of the literal, you know, what you're trying to sell. Do you feel like you learned something about yourself through this writing process? I'll be honest, I really thought I'd, but. I'd transcended some of the people pleasing that really came up for me in all the perfectionism rather in writing this book I really realized like I'm so I've created a business that I feel really comfortable in like I really do not it, I'm not at an edge with what I'm doing in my business it's very comfortable I love my clients I love everything I do and actually it led me to believe that I had you know really got my you know, certain things from the 90s that I, you know, in former versions of me had played up definitely came back to play up again this book writing process. So I have learned that there is still a bit of perfectionism going on that I, you know, there is obviously it's important to have high standards. Sure. I'm not, I'm not questioning that, but um, I've surprised myself with how out of my comfort zone I found parts of this process the parts that came before me tightening up my structure let's put it that way yeah so but also i've learned that i can do hard things so there we go yes 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 and i think that that's the thing to come back to isn't it when you know the awareness maybe of that those high standards that can creep into perfectionism and i'm exactly the same which works for me in some ways aspects of my job you know and where i'm doing editing having those high standards and edging towards you know things being as near to perfect as possible has its benefits but at the same time, it can be a hindrance as well. And that awareness, so you can notice it when it happens again or if it happens again in other projects is is super helpful. But I, I absolutely agree. And I always say this to people when they ask about what the benefits are of writing a business book. One of the things I will always say is 
because it proves to you that you can overcome challenging things, that you can do hard things, that you can push yourself out of your comfort zone and, you know, move into that stretch zone, which then actually becomes your comfort zone because the more you're in that stretch zone, the more you are used to it. And nothing um, does that like writing a book. I think anything creative, anything arty, anything where you're being vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there um, and and hoping that people like the result is um, yeah it's it's hard not to to feel overwhelmed by it but at the end of it you should hopefully have learned from it and yeah and discovered something new I think is really important. My final question, which I ask everybody, is what's one piece of advice you would give to aspiring writers who are listening or people who are in the middle of writing? and that you think would be helpful to them to, to know? I am a mezzo girl. I can't have one of anything, but I'll try. I'll cut, try and keep it. Okay, so we've talked about structure, right? We need to get the support in place. I would not, yeah, I have, that's got to be first because I can't imagine, like, if you are in a process where you are feeling overwhelmed, the answer is always to resource yourself with lovely support. It will make everything so much more pleasant and run much easier. But the other one is, to, to really go for it like I will say like I'm as I say I'm in my 40s I've just written my first book I alongside all the other like you know vibrant things that go on in our lives and actually having come through the process now I would recommend it all day long I may I may not have said that halfway through and I was like what on earth is happening but now having gone through the it, yeah it's a few months you know it, it, it really was a great way to push myself but if you're thinking about it and you're putting putting yourself off by thinking oh Oh, I don't know if I've got enough time or I don't know if I, you know, if I'll be able to do it. All I have to say as I reflect back is that it's absolutely worth it. And anybody can write a book as long as they have the right support and structure. So go for it. What have you got to lose? Oh, thank you. And that, and I know how busy you are and you're, you know, a successful business owner and the fact that you have the time to to write and to, to do this project, I think should hopefully give people inspiration to know that they can do it too, even if it is just 15 minutes, half an hour a day to work on it um, and then go on and, and run the business that needs to be run. And like you say, do those essential sales tasks that you, you need to be doing to keep your business growing. But I think to sometimes people feel like that they have to take loads of time off to write a book or they need to spend hours writing each day. And actually, I'm a huge advocate of absolutely not doing that and doing half an hour and just doing it consistently. Um, but I think you've just shown that you've done it and you are uh, an experienced, successful business owner. So it is possible for people. So hopefully they'll take inspiration. Absolutely. And nothing like a, for an efi- efficiency bump, there's nothing like writing a book to just make you stop procrastinating on everything else and just get your es- essential tasks done. And afterwards, just feeling like you've got plenty of time again. So it's really, you know, it really is win win. Indeed. Indeed. Well, thank you for your time today. And I can't wait for more sales, please, to come out in January 2024 and to see it fly, which I know it will, because it is amazing and you're amazing. Um, And I know that you, what you stand for just resonates with me so much and resonates with with lots of people. Um, But I just, I think also being a woman and knowing that it's often the thing that can make us feel like maybe it's not our place to be doing the selling stuff. I think this book will will really help us come out of ourselves and and push ourselves to do more of it and and earn the money that we we rightly deserve. So yes, please. Thank you so much, Steph, for having me on. I've loved it, and you are amazing. Also, let's not be forgetting that. 
Thank you for listening to the episode today with Sarah Dalrymple. I hope that you got as much from it as I did when I had the conversation, but also when I was listening back to it to kind of get a flavour of what we talked about while I was recording the intros and the outro to this. And I hope that you felt like I did. There were some real nuggets there, some real bits of gold that you can take away and use. But I think also Sarah does a great job of advocating how sales comes from a place of simplicity and making it the first thing you do the non-negotiable and we I think we overthink it don't we we overthink sales as business owners and Sarah is great at helping us see that if we can make it simple if we can make it straightforward we're going to be more inclined to do it and just like writing a book if you can make it the first thing you do that day uh, in a way that feels right for you then you know your sales are going to grow just like your writing will improve and your book will be written if you approach it consistently so do go and buy Sarah's book I will link to it in the show notes if you enjoyed this conversation please share it and get other people to listen if you know anyone who you think would enjoy it forward it on to them send them the link Uh, and also if you would be so kind as to leave a review I would be greatly loving you for it Uh, so until next time my lovely lovely writer friend happy writing 